0: Welcome to Culture Wire, I'm Meg Schiffler. On this episode of Culture Wire, we're taking a trip to San Francisco International Airport and into the history of the San Francisco Arts Festival. And Director of Cultural Affairs, Louise Cancel, will visit North Beach to see a new public art project that lights up the night.
1: By creating a work that is very different from many angles. It kind of encourages the investigation of the area.
0: The San Francisco Arts Commission manages over 3,000 works of art in the city's civic art collection. Some of them are pretty well known. Laudas Fountain on Market Street, Union Square's Admiral Dewey Monument, and the Bronze Buddha in Golden Gate Park. Many pieces in the public art collection aren't seen as often, though. There are smaller works of art that include paintings, jewelry, and sculpture that represent the Bay Area's artistic style and history. Between 1946 and 1986, the San Francisco Arts Festival was an annual showcase for an incredible variety of arts and crafts. And each year, crowds would gather to see and buy the latest creations by Bay Area artists. Most often located in the plaza across the street from City Hall, the festival demonstrated the Arts Commission's efforts to encourage, highlight, and provide opportunities for local artists. Seventy works of art from the arts festivals were selected for exhibition at the San Francisco International Airport for a show entitled The Art of a City, The History of the San Francisco Arts Festival.
2: Well, the Arts Festival, they were held in San Francisco between 1946 and 1986, originally conceived as a collaboration between Bay Area artists and the Arts Commission in response to the limited amount of local museums and galleries that were available to artists at the time. Over the years of the the Arts Festival, the city used budgeted monies from the general funds to purchase jury-selected artwork by participating artists. We had a number of uh, what was determined to be very significant um, pieces by mid-century Bay Area jewelers um, and we were looking for an exhibition venue for those um, and we realized that they were part of a larger picture of the, the, the arts festival traditions. The Art of the City, the History of the San Francisco Arts Festivals began as a collaboration with the San Francisco Airport Museums and the Arts Commission staff. The two agencies have never really collaborated on any kind of themed exhibition. So when the opportunity arose, we thought it would be a great chance to explore the uh, overlapping histories of um, the Arts Festival and um, the regional artistic identities that it encouraged. The event really became a significant forum for the exchange of uh, kind of aesthetic ideas and uh, material practices, material techniques. Jewelers such as uh, Peter Maccarini and Mary Rank, uh, Margaret de Pata, um, and influential potters such as Antonio Prieta. Much of what's being exhibited here at the airport um, has not been on public display for over 20 years. This is the first time they've been exhibited in their entirety. Probably one of my favorite pieces in the collection is the Robert Arneson, uh, Robert Arneson's Jugs on Jugs from 1960. And to me, what's interesting about it, one, it's just visually arresting. Um, but it also is really um, illustrates a kind of a transitional period in the artist's career, where he's moving away from um, functional forms um, towards more kind of wry, tongue-in-cheek sensibilities that came to define his career um, later in
3: life. Jugs on Jugs, in particular, represents a an interesting transition uh, by the artists from functional pottery into uh, more whimsical uh, forms. And one of several uh, important works uh, by artists who became very prominent uh, later in their careers. Uh, other pieces by Viola Fry, uh, Bruce Beasley, Wen Ng. The objects for exhibition were chosen to present uh, the range of artists, mediums, uh, of everything that uh, was produced for the arts festival. Um, These all represent uh, purchase awards for their respective genres, whether it be ceramics or prints, paintings, uh, metalwork, jewelry. Uh, San Francisco has a very rich legacy of modernist jewelers. Uh, The Metal Arts Guild, which was founded here by a lot of these artists, uh, Mary Rank and... uh, Margaret Zapata and, and uh, Peter Macchiarini. These were amazing pioneers in their field and uh, produced a number of pieces in this exhibition that were just remarkable, really bold, bold use of materials, uh, techniques for assembly, uh, the finishing, Mary, Mary Rank. Um, her jewelry in this exhibition is just, just marvelous. She uh, is very takes a very constructivist approach, um, uh, a lot of um, uh, interlocking forms rather than solder. And uh, just very beautiful, thoughtful uh, work. uh, Beautiful contrasting surfaces. uh, The use of different metals. This is all. This is all very current. I mean, the the arts. We're very fortunate to live in an area uh, where the arts are so vibrant and supported. And uh, many of these are the artists who are still alive that are represented in this exhibition are still working. Their students are working. Uh, the colleagues are working. So it's uh, it is interesting that, and there and many of them are connected. These communities are very close knit. The platter by Antonio Prieto is, <clears throat> is remarkable. The the treatment of the surface, decorative treatment of the surface and. Uh, he's, such a, he's such an interesting artist to learn more about because he seems to have come in contact with just about every ceramicist in this exhibition. It's for, I think, more than two decades at Mills College, which is a real hub for ceramics. Uh, so this, is, you know, this isn't the past. This, uh, the festival may have been the past, but the art certainly continues and uh, the innovation. Charles Serendorf was one of the first organizers of the exhibition, uh, the San Francisco Arts Festival and uh, worked with uh, uh, what was called a Battleship Linoleum uh, and would freeze it so that he could use steel engraving tools instead of the traditional wood engraving tools to make his prints. Those prints are very richly detailed, very expressionistic, uh, just wonderful. It's just a pleasure to to be able to learn about these subjects, give them the proper treatment, hopefully educate the traveling public and the airport community uh, uh, about a uh, wide, wide range of topics, I think from anthropology to uh, pop culture to uh, in fine arts here. But, you know, it's, it is a pleasure.
0: The art of a city is currently on display in the pre-security area of the airport's international terminal. That means you don't need an airline ticket for a trip to see some great art. For more information about the art of a city, visit sfoarts.org where you can also learn about other exhibitions currently on display at the airport. Although the Arts Festival is now in the past, public art continues to be added to the city's art collection every year. One of the newest pieces is The Language of the Birds, an installation of 23 books flying across the busiest corner of North Beach. Director of Cultural Affairs, Louise Cancel, interviewed artist Brian Goggin about the process of collaboration and capturing the feel of a neighborhood.
4: This work, which is sitting on the intersection of two major neighborhoods, uh, meaning Chinatown and North Beach, really was a, an interesting, inspirational source for you, wasn't it? Well,
1: um, when I work uh, and when I worked with Dorca Keen to come up with uh, an idea, I looked to the site as um, inspired by a tradition known as land art where we look to uh, the environment where we're going to create a piece and find elements in that environment to create something that grows from that so it feels rooted to the site and yet may bring out new uh, beautiful flourishes.
4: Now the language of the birds is in essence 22 books that are suspended in the air in the middle of this intersection. You actually drew upon uh, about 90 different authors, right? We looked to the
1: the history of literature in this area, which is a a primary cultural icon, as I see it in San Francisco, and after we had a chance to meet with a lot of the people in the neighborhood, we were able to get suggestions, and we came up with 90 and we took scans from all of these books. We'll see the words embedded on the, in, the, uh, in the concrete. Yeah, in addition to
4: uh, some recent additions by by some local poets. <laughs> exactly. Now one of the also interesting and unique things about the language of the birds is the fact that it's uh, sort of carbon neutral, right? I mean it was designed uh, with uh, some engineers that allow for solar energy to be generated during the day and then at night, that same equivalent of energy is used by the piece. Is that correct? Yeah, we have uh, a solar array on City
1: Lights Bookstore which collects more energy than we actually use
4: for the piece. Why don't we uh, walk across the street and take a closer look at this work? Sure. The inspiration for getting the books to be suspended and lit at night. How did that come about? After about two weeks of trying
1: to put together a lot of the the ideas of, of the signs, of the poetry, of the music, of the history, of the art, of the movement and of the architecture and the materials of the signs that already were around here, it, they all kind of came together in these this vision of a form of books illuminated, so taking on the role of, of the flickering lights and then also of the pigeons and the parrots that are flying in the air, but then also the the metaphor of, of ideas taking flight, flight and, yeah. and, and flying a, uh, through the air and like ideas of consciousness
4: drifting from one person to another through language. Now the origins of this work really are quite pedestrian and no pun intended. I mean the idea was that the Department of traffic, wanted to eliminate a right turn from, you know, Columbus onto Broadway, right? And I know that that project started, like, several years ago, and so you and Dorka had to work collaboratively uh, for that period of time. What was that collaboration like? Dorka and I were in the studio
1: every day making the books. We came up with a piece with many different elements. There are hundreds of words, and there are 23 books, and then there are about... 48 cables and so how do you bring all that together into one cohesive whole so a lot of that was enabled through this collaboration and challenging us you know sometimes we were inspiring each other and sometimes we were very critical of the other person's ideas but what it did was it really honed the work
4: you know one of the interesting things about the language of the birds that makes it unique, I think, in the collection of San Francisco public art, is that this is the one work, public art work, that is the most closely related to performance art. I'll never forget the dedication uh, performance. Well, we wanted to have a
1: surprise not only for you guys but also for ourselves. What we ended up doing was we cut, we sewed, little veils onto each of the book forms so that they had. Uh, a pattern that resembled the fortune cookie. And then members of the marching band were climbing up these ladders with bamboo poles and then pulling on those leashes so
4: that the the veils were removed. The work's been up for a couple of months now, and uh, what has been your sort of uh, experience? Of, has it met your expectations? It has. People who are walking
1: in the area will be focused on the ground and often not see what's going on up above them. And they'll come across some of the text on the plaza. And then as they're observing the text, they'll start piecing together their own little lyrical poems that are commingling the kind of fingerprints from the literary past into their own unique poetic experience. And then looking up, I was hoping that there would be a kind of heightened level of consciousness invited in with this piece. And so I think that by creating a work that is very different from many angles, it kind of encourages the investigation of the area. And so through investigating the area, you're locating yourself in space. You're, you're not only seeing the work, but you're seeing the context of the work.
4: Well, Brian, you know, San Francisco really prides itself in its collection of public art. And you, and Dorca have really contributed a very unique work that's really multi-layered and very rich. And we really thank you for giving this gift to present and future generations. Thank you,
1: Luis. I, I've really enjoyed working with, with you guys as well. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a real honor.
0: Brian and Dorca recommend visiting the language of the birds at dusk so you can experience the shifting light and the changing energy of the neighborhood. And here's a tip, dusk is the perfect time to take photographs of this fantastic installation. To learn more about Brian Goggins' work, visit Metaform.org. And at Dorca's website, keenonart.com, you can listen to streaming audio of her conversations with other regional artists. On the next episode of Culture Wire, we'll profile a very special sound experience that's being installed inside of the rotunda of City Hall. You don't have to wait until our next episode to experience great art in San Francisco, though. The Art of Change has just opened on the ground floor of City Hall. The show features rock posters and photographs from Wolfgang's Vault, a local archive of rock memorabilia housing music promoter Bill Graham's extensive archive. The exhibition focuses on how the music industry has influenced social change in the past five decades. The Art of Change can be seen weekdays from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. through April 3rd. On Sunday, January 25th, the Arts Commission is sponsoring a free comic workshop at the Cartoon Art Museum. Brianna Miller and Tien Pham will be demonstrating silk screening during the afternoon. And don't forget this place called Poetry, the Writer's Court exhibition happening here in the Arts Commission Gallery at 401 Van Ness. The show is free, but you need to hurry. This place called Poetry ends January 24th. The gallery will then close for three weeks to prepare for our next exhibition, Impossible, featuring video and photography by eight Chinese artists. To find out more about these events and others, go to sfartscommission.org. You can send us your arts events listings or tell us what you'd like to see on future shows by emailing us at culturewire at sfgov.org. Thank you for watching Culture Wire on SFG TV.